Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And tonight, week 16 in the NFL, we're going to get you ready for the DFS. Craig and I are in our Super Bowl. We're going to talk about that. And there's Porg. But first, (laughs) Craig, what is in that interesting looking red can in front of you? I am drinking a a IPA by... Company, a brewery that we've had before, Naren Gasset. They're the folks who make the uh, Dell's uh, lemonade the shandy, shandy mm-hmm. that we like so much. Uh, it's about time IPA. It's about time. Is it a session? Uh, no, just says IPA. Oh, okay, I'm inter- I'm curious. Hmm. Have you tried this one before? No. Well, s- sample it, my friend, and tell me about I it. Will. So while you're sipping, I am doing a two roads workers comp today. Why? Because I forgot the holiday ale at home. Honestly, that's the only reason I'm not drinking. Holiday. All right, so how about this about time? What do you think? Not as hoppy as I expected. Okay. So a lighter IPA then. Very light. Okay. Very light. But is the flavor happy? Uh, it's happy. I feel like this would be a more of a summery beer. Okay. If that makes sense. Well, most Narragansett beers are. I mean, they're lighter beers. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just they, they tend to be more summery in nature. I think that's why the Dell Shandy is so popular because Shandies are popular during the summer. Yeah. So... I have a workers comp. You, do. you know how much I love workers comp. We do, and we don't have any five year anniversary ale though. No, we do not. I, I I'll be honest. From two with you. roads. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> two roads. Hashtag sponsor us. Craig and I went to the five year anniversary party uh, Monday night at Two Roads Brewery in Stratford. Congratulations to the guys out there. We actually got to talk really briefly on our way out the door. We did get to say hi and thank you. Yep. Hi and thank you to uh, Phil, their brewmaster, and Brad, who was the guy who came up with the crazy idea of starting a brewery in Stratford. Um, literally, they were they were on their cell phones getting ready. I think they were getting ready to do press or something like that. And they just happened to be standing by the door, and I caught Phil's eye as I walked by. He just happened to look up, and I was looking right at him, so we made eye contact, and they gave me the opportunity to say, congratulations, guys. Thank you. Keep up the great work. And Phil was Phil smiled at us and was like, thank you. And Brad just kind of looked up and was like, what? Oh, thanks. You know, he was busy <laughs> doing something on his phone trying to get in prep work for that stuff. So um, lots to cover. Not a lot of time tonight. So let's dive right in. Burning hot take questions time. I have the first one. Uh-oh. Okay. On Friday, Craig and I went to see Star Wars The Last Jedi. My question for you, Craig. There mm-hmm. are two camps around the small, furry, penguin-esque bird that lives on Jedi Island or Luke's Island or whatever the hell you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They're called the yep. Porg. Porg, not Borg. Porg with a P. Right. Like pig skins. They are Porg. Either A, you love the Porg and you wish it was more of them in the movie. Or B, there was too much damn Porg. They're the second coming of Jar Jar. Get them the hell out of my way and get back to the movie. Craig, um, where do you stand on I'm the Porg? I'm in the four camp. I don't think we needed more of them. But I'm okay with them being in the movie. I am with you. I am preparing to start a Porg farm and you have moved to Utah. <laughs> All right, I hear it's nice. Um, I'm presuming the Porgs are Mormons, which is why I want to move to Utah. <laughs> I am not a Mormon, so I don't particularly need to live in Utah, but just saying. So, okay, yeah, I, I, I really liked the movie. I won't go I, into a lot of detail because yeah, we got a we lot went to into talk a about. lot of giant discussion about that. Well, that's the thing. Craig, Craig goes to a movie to be entertained and to forget about things. I do the same thing, but after I'm done with the movie, I like hearing ideas. I like hearing about the symbolism, things like that. 
So I'd be like, hey, Craig, what do you think if this represented that and this represented this other thing? And Craig was like, I like the movie. Well, what do you think about this meaning this? I like the movie. You know, he just he just really you do. You love the entertainment value. I, I love to overthink everything, which is why right. I'm the numbers guy in this relationship. Exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. Craig I mean, goes, we can debate on storylines. I just don't think there needs to be a hidden movie, hidden meaning in every movie that's ever made. Well, no, no, there's not hidden meaning in every movie that's ever made. But I think that there's, you know, there's there's symbolism that directors steer certain things in certain directions. True, know? true. Life so. imitates art. Exactly. Or art imitates life. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I, I will go to my grave in, in Star Wars Episode 2. They spend a lot of time in talking about how the Supreme Chancellor needs to be able to do whatever the hell he wants. And don't forget, that movie came out right as we were invading Iraq. And this is true. George W. Bush was like, I don't need to declare war. I'm just going to go in there and do what we need to do. I don't need Congress to tell me it's okay. So, you know, I mean, it, it's weird. Those things kind of mesh up politically. It's It does. I just I saw a lot of that. If you have not seen Last Jedi, no spoilers here, but I did. I saw some political overtones in there that I, I really liked. They're subtle though. I like the movie overall. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. So question the second to you, Craig. All right, football related. Yeah, please. Um apparently no one um that is that knows what the NFL well, people have been around the NFL a long time. Yeah. No one can actually explain what a catch is. I'll tell you what a catch is. A catch is what Jesse James did the other day and got called back. There has been a... So now, here's my question to you. Do you think with all the technology yeah. and all the advancements in instant replay, how they can switch angles and slow it down to like half, you know, micro frames? Yeah. Have we over... Is there too much that too much technology in the NFL? No. No, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, Jeff Manns has been on about this for years. Him and a couple of the guys on the uh, fantasy channels have been on for this about for years. We will not be to the point where technology is overcome until we have technology measuring first downs. Okay? Because they did use a piece of paper to measure a first down. Which is where I'm going with this. Officiating this year has been horrendous. There is, and they use it in curling. Okay, so I'm going to use a curling example. Okay. In curling, there's this big line they call the hog line. You have to let go of the stone. If you're the guy delivering a stone in the curling match, you have to let go of a stone before... The front end of that stone impacts this line. So it's like offsides in hockey. Kind of, yes. In soccer. All right. Yeah. Well, the reverse, though. You have to get rid of it before you get to that line. You just can't. Right. Yeah. So, yes, you have this line of release. So two Olympics ago, they installed a motion sensor in it and, and made the handles touch sensitive when and put two tiny lights at the head of the stone on, on the handle. If my hand is still on the stone... When that front end of the stone hits the line, the lights turn red. If it's if on as soon as I let go, if I'm still behind the line, the lights turn green. So the officials are standing there, and all they're doing is looking for lights. That's it. As, if if I'm still touching it when it gets to that line, it turns red and it tells an official stop the play. That's that's a bad. You just broke the rules. Why don't we have that technology for football? Why don't we have something? Doesn't have to be inserted in the football or something. But why don't we have the technology in the TVs? Where it's a little light that only only they the tried replay, that, remember? Only the replay officials can have it. Let's put it that okay, way. It's only the right. replay official screen, but it's a little green or red light. And when a ball crosses the first down marker, the green light goes on. And then that way, when they're doing replay, all they're judging is not where the ball was, but when did the knee or elbow hit? You could do it at the goal line. You could do it at first down markers. Why are we doing that? Why are we measuring with sticks and paper? <laughs> 
So no, I'm fine with the technology. I think if anything, it's exposed the NFL for the bad officiating it has. What about you? Yeah, I don't think I don't ever remember a year with this many questionable calls and injuries, but that's a different topic. But yeah, this I don't remember this many calls and like touchdowns or or not touchdowns being reversed. Yeah. Well, you know what? Part of it is I think the officials realize because now all scoring calls are reviewed. They want to err on the side of scoring. So if they're even 50 50, they call touchdown because they know somebody's going to take a look at it automatically. So I think that's part of where that comes from, too. Um, I think everything that every play that ends um, within, like, say, let's say every play that, that ends within the two yards of the goal is automatically reviewed. And you won't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. Every play that starts or ends within two yards of the goal. So first and goal from the two, it's going to be reviewed. Right. Now, 90% of the time, oh, it's an incomplete pass to the flat. Okay, done. No, keep going. But you've got a replay official. You've got dedicated people sitting in every stadium. Just just do it. That's right. Anyway. All right. Question All right. the third. Okay. Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the news out of New England today? What happened in New England? Today? You didn't hear this? Okay. This is great. This happened today. Then I did not hear it. Okay. Good. Good. So then this will this will be snap response. Okay. Tom Brady has a personal trainer. His name is Alex Guerrero. He is not only Tom Brady's personal trainer and guru, he is also a partner in TB12 uh, supplements and everything. He is one of the masterminds behind Tom Brady's magic pajamas that you love so much. Okay. Today, Bill Belichick basically kicked him out of the Patriots facility. He is no longer permitted on the sidelines. He is no longer permitted on the team charters, and he is no longer permitted to treat any player inside of Gillette Stadium that is not named Tom Brady. Gronk had started going to see him. A lot of the guys on the offense had started to go to see him. Direct reasoning for this has not been given, but as recently as 2015, as far back as 2015, I should say, the Patriot medical staff were questioning his credentials and asking why he was being permitted in the building. He has uh, had one of the supplements he marketed on Tom Brady's website that was supposedly supposed to limit brain injuries. Uh, The FDA made him pull and reword because he worded it in such a way that he could not prove and the FDA said no. Uh, He was sued in Massachusetts for practicing physical therapy without a license and ultimately cleared. And the best thing people have said about him is that he is a snake oil salesman. Okay. So today... Bill Belichick said, I'm done with this dude. He's got an office in the stadium, by the way. I don't know if he I does? said that. Yes, he's got an office in the stadium Not because anymore, Tom huh? Brady loves him there. <laughs> well, he's still there for Brady, but he no longer has sideline access. He can no longer travel with the team. Okay. Your reaction. Just flat out just heard this. Your reaction to... I, I mean, wow. I know it's a lot to digest. I'm, I'm okay with him if it's just Brady's personal whatever i'm right. okay with that but he i definitely sounds like he crossed a line when he started seeing other yeah but you gave him an team. office in the building it's, well that okay that's i don't know how they work that magic but yeah you know, I, I can Brady, see belichick getting mad because especially if he's if he's pissing off their full-time medical staff yes and now their full-time medical staff like Gronk isn't doing what the medical staff says he's doing what this guy says yeah that's then fair Gronk gets hurt now 
the medical staff feels undermined and they feel like they can't do their job. Well, they're like, we told you not to start him and now he's on crutches. So. Right. Yeah. So that's that. That I can understand that. Um, the question becomes, does this impact too Tom Brady's relationship with Bill Belichick and the Patriots? Brady refused to comment during his weekly appearance on their sports radio. Just would uh, not discuss it. Eh, I don't know. I mean, this guy's only been around for a few years. Okay, and the final question on it, does this hurt the Tom Brady supplement business? Yes, but I don't know about his magic pajamas. The magic pajamas are part of this. This guy designed the magic pajamas. So I mean, you know what? If Tom Brady wants to send me a pair for free, I will test them out. Well, you have you, know. you have injuries that have been lingering for twenty years from your football days. So, I do. so I that mean, would be interesting. They want to send me a free pair of uh, five hundred dollars pajamas. I will test them out and let you know how they and are, then, and see how they go. You'd be a te- yeah. you'd be willing to be a I test will. subject. I will for Tom Brady and his recovery pajamas, which I think is their official name. Was Tom? I, their, their recovery. I think pajamas. so. I I named them magic pajamas. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're supposedly magic. So, okay, moving on. So uh, into week 16 we go. For a lot of you, this is championship week. It is. Um, it's a special week for us. Yep. Aaron Rodgers has been deactivated. That was stupid. Yeah. I understand it, though. I know he doesn't want it. But if, I, if I'm thinking, if I'm the Packers and I want to win in 2018, I want him rested. You have no reason you need to play this week. Just don't. No. I mean, they weren't doing awful without him. I mean. Yes, they were. <laughs> all right. They were doing. Okay. They weren't the same team without him, but they weren't the Browns without him. I don't know what the Browns without him. <laughs> the Browns would still be the Browns with him. They weren't so. Houston without him. Well, Houston was good until their quarterback died. I mean, Deshaun Watson, if he hadn't died, this and would have been much better. won like four games. <laughs> what? How many games have Houston won? Uh, I don't know, like seven, but he really? was... He, they lost like their first three, and then they went on a massive win streak. They were leading the division when Deshaun Watson got hurt, if I recall. Oh. Well, the AFC South is also a, a terrible, terrible place. I mean, Jacksonville started slow and then came on, so that's part of it, too. But Houston was the heir apparent down there once Watson settled in. So, I don't know. Anyway. You know, and, you know, my Bengals are going to have a new coach next year. You know, and I, I te- this is what I said to you. I said um, when the news came out, he's a genius. He is an absolute genius. First off, is there... You can't fire me if I quit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what it was? I thought about... Do you remember the um, the movie Any Given Sunday? Oh, yeah. With Al Pacino as the coach. And oh, yeah. He what switches was the teams. <laughs> what was the name of the owner? She was the she was a young lady. She inherited uh, it from her father. And she wanted to make all these changes. It's a well-known actress. Damn it. I know who it is. Yeah, you're looking it up. But at the end of that movie, they announce they're going to give him a contract extension. And he walks up to the mic and says, no, thank you. I've decided I'm going to leave. And he goes to like somewhere else. And he looks like a genius because he left on his terms. And that's really what Marvin Lewis did. Marvin Lewis stepped up to the mic and said, I'm in the last year of my contract. My team is terrible. The only reason I'm still seeing his standing here is because my owner is too cheap to pay two head coaches for three or four games. Cameron so I'm Diaz. Gonna, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, she played the owner. I'm going to announce that I'm leaving Cincinnati at this end of the year, and it looks like my decision to go. I'm going out on my terms. Screw everybody here in Cincinnati. Thank you for your love and loyalty, but it's time for something different. And now I look like a genius. I mean, he came in and he tur- he did turn the Bengals around. They became, for a while, they became a winning team. You know what they, he is? They lost in the playoffs. You know what he is? He's a modern-day modern Marty Schottenheimer. There, I said it. 
How so? Got them gets gets them better during the regular season. Can't win in the postseason. Can't finish the deal. All right, all right. Yeah. That's what Schottenheimer did in Kansas City. That's what Schottenheimer Kansas did City in Cleveland. Bad before he showed up. Ah, uh, that's before my time. But yeah, there was a period of time in the early '80s and late '70s. I think where Kansas City was really bad, like a five or six win a year team. So, but yeah, they got better. But every year, oh, we're the two seed. We're going to lose at home, thirty-five seventeen in the first round of the playoffs. Now, granted, they they've done that before. They've done that under Reed too. They, the Chiefs can't win a home playoff game, but yeah. So you know, Marvin may wind up in New York. I think I think Marvin lose to New York is actually a pretty good move. Um, you know, the bottom line is he looks like a genius, and the reason he gets a chance to look like a genius is because as you and I have discussed before, the Bengals are cheap. The oh yeah, Bengals Mike, were too cheap. Mike Brown is a disgrace to his uh, father's legacy. If they had fired him six games ago and said, you know what, this is what's best for the franchise. We know we had to buy him out of his contract and we hate paying people to sit on the couch. But still, this is what's best for the franchise. We're going to move forward. Jeff Fisher's still getting paid by the Rams. And where are the Rams right now? Oh, I don't know. They're on their way to the playoffs. While Jeff Fisher sits at home collecting checks from the Rams because they fired him in contract. Yeah, this is last year of his deal. Something like $16 million, something like that, they owed him when they fired him. um, What's his name? That doesn't play for the Mets anymore. That gets a million dollars. Bobby Bonilla, his yeah. deferred salary. I don't. We don't discuss Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> we don't discuss Bobby Bonilla. I so. mean, you know, that was a smart move on his part, not the Mets, but on his part. <laughs> well, yeah, and he was terrible as a Met. Oh my gosh. Him and uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy. I'm not going to get stuck into baseball. So anyway, yeah. So week 16. Welcome to your championship week. I hope you're still in it. Craig and I are. Uh, we both won our semifinal matchups, and now we are staring down each other yep. in what we're calling the Sturgis Bowl. That's right. And so, I'm in um in my work league. I made the uh, championship game in that, I too. I only did the one season long this year. That was it. I focused so much on DFS, and I had a good DFS week this week. Did you? I, almost, I did oh, not. I am almost back to even because of what a good week I had. I think I invested... $12 and walked away with 26. Now we have how many weeks left? Two, one. 16 and 17, but usually the first two weeks of the playoffs is pool. So we've got like two to four weeks left. <clears throat> okay. we got time. we got time just to recoup. I think I'm down about 20 bucks right now, all told. And if I have another week like I had this week, I'm going to be even. Not bad. Okay. Now here's a quick question before yeah. we go on the lineups. At this point in the season, yeah. with people wanting to not get hurt, is it a safe play to start major starters? Only on teams that have something to play for. Your studs get you here. You ride your studs. Caveat to that is when your studs have a reason to play. Last week, somebody said to me, should I start A.J. Green or Marquise Goodwin? And I said, you ride your studs. Your studs got you here. A.J. Green was flat. Marquise Goodwin went off. Marquise Goodwin has something to play for. He wants to make sure he's the number one receiver come next year. A.J. Green doesn't really care. His coach is changing. They may change quarterbacks. He doesn't care. He wants to see what's going to happen. He's just making sure his position is safe. So, yeah, it all matters. It matters on their situations. Kansas City this week is a really good play. A, they're playing Miami, who's not very good. And B, they have something to play for. The Chiefs, with the Chiefs winning and the Chargers lost this week, the Chiefs can sew up the AFC West. They have a reason to play. So I love Chiefs starters this week, even though a lot of them are expensive in DFS. So, all right, so the bonus question of the week. Okay. We call our game between each other, we always call it the Sturgis Bowl. So this is the Sturgis Super Bowl. For years, we have waited for this to come about. The Sturgis Super Bowl is here, and Sturgis is based not off of the motorcycles, 
but off of the old wrestling event. I think it was called Hog Wild. That's right. They had to change it. Years ago, that would happen during the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in Sturgis. And there was always the joke that the intros would always be, and I'll see you in Sturgis. <laughs> <laughs> would be something so that would be something Craig and I would go, I'll see you at Sturgis. And right. always how we ended our smack talk. So in the wrestling motif, give me a wrestling reference, a particular okay. nickname, a name, anything that sums up your team for twenty seventeen against me. Whew. All right. Um I'm you know what, just because he's been really relevant this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been following him more and and the fact that we met him. You going with the you going with an H? I am. Okay, so how man. is your team like the Nature Boy? Because to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And you beat Woo! Mario, and you think you're going to beat me. That's right. Okay, well I'm going to one up you there. My team are the Four Horsemen. Oh, all right. And the Four Horsemen in my team are named the Dreadlock Dude, <laughs> the Wildly Southern Veteran, the Kid from Kansas City, and Joe Mixon. With a concussion. <laughs> yeah, Captain Concussion, Joe Mixon. <laughs> I, I, I did not, I kept Michael Thomas. We get one keeper. This year, I kept Michael Thomas because of his draft position. He only cost me a seven pick. I grabbed Kareem Hunt in the second round. I grabbed mm-hmm. Devontae Freeman in the third round. Yep. And then I grabbed Mark Ingram in the seventh round. Yep. And I have just, the hardest problem I've had is which one of these guys is going to score under 20 points this week because I got to leave one of them on the bench. I can start two in a flex. And that is that these four guys, when Devontae Freeman got his concussion, I just put in Joe Mixon. When Joe Mixon got his concussion, I just put Devontae Freeman back in. Yep. It has just been so smooth with having such a power running back core. And it's terrible because in consultation with the other commissioner, who just happens to be my brother, I find out <laughs> I can't keep any of them because there's that rule that says you can't keep anybody drafted in the first five rounds. Well, I can keep Ingram, but who knows what Ingram's role is going to be next year with Kamara. I mean, Which I, still, I am keeping. <laughs> right. I think New Orleans is going to part ways with him. So so this week, the four horsemen of Brit's Apocalypse All right. will face Craig's Nature Boy-esque team. And we will absolutely tell you who's going to win here. I'm, I'm already having lineup problems because big game Bob Woods is back. Yep. And I need that third, that flex spot for one of my four horsemen of the running apocalypse. And so who do I bench? Alshon Jeffrey or Michael Thomas so I can put Robert Woods in the lineup? I can't bench either of those guys for Robert Woods. And Robert Woods is going to outscore one of them. I guarantee it. Probably now that he's back. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, so do I bench Alshon Jeffrey and risk that Woods has like a 12-point game and Jeffries goes for 19 and then Thomas has like six? I mean, Michael Thomas is the top-rated wide receiver on my board this week, by the way. Top-rated wide out on my board. Really? I think New Orleans is going to throw the ball, and they're going to throw the ball a lot, which is why I love Ingram this week, too. But anyway, so tune in next week. The Football Fig Nuts Sturgis Super Bowl, (laughs) say that three times fast, um, is upon us, and we will report back on that. And you know what? We'll we'll probably tweet about it during the week, during the weekend, too, because I'll be very excited about my game. So on to DFS. Good week for me in last week in DFS. I've cut my losses significantly. Um, I have a chance, and this is two weeks in a row that the metric has provided real value options. Very pleased with the last couple of weeks. So let's take a look and see what we've got. Craig, who do you like at quarterback this week? And I know you come from a FanDuel perspective. I'm going to be coming from a DraftKings perspective. 
And the metric yep. comes from a DraftKings perspective. So who do you like this uh, week? Let me just bring up that screenshot I sent you. Which Absolutely. Who's texting there? us? Um, Deb. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Deb, we're recording right now, so I'll respond to you as soon as we're done here recording. <laughs> but in the meantime, hi, Deb. Um, I'm going to go with, again, my matchup-based theory. Uh, I really like Bortles playing San Francisco. Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. And our buddy Sean is thrilled. And he I know our I know our Blake metric Bortles. has um, Kaiser, but I'm meh. Um, the metric loves there's there's four names the metric absolutely loves a quarterback, and they're in order: Deshaun Kaiser, mm-hmm. nothing to play for; Andy Dalton, nothing to play for; Mitchell Trubisky, nothing to play for; and Bryce Petty, nothing to play for. So I am looking at the guys who have something to play for, and I'm looking at Matt Stafford and uh, Alex Smith. Um. You know, I, I just I don't know. I've got an Alec, I've got a Kansas City stack in one of my lineups, so I'm definitely looking at the two of them. I really like Stafford for at least 22 points this week, um, which would put him at like three and a half value. I just I I just think that they're going to come out and they're going to do bad things to Cincinnati. The defense is really banged up. Sorry. Oh, I, I, I'm just waiting for the season to be over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So there's what we got. So moving on the running back, I'll lead off with what the metric has. The metric, what the hell? Well, you hit a button. No, my computer wants to restart. Oh, random Windows updates. Random Windows updates. I've never seen one that was like that before. That was weird. Um, All right, so the metric has a bunch of people it likes. It loves Wayne Goleman. Who? Wayne Goleman. (laughs) Who's that guy? Who's that guy? (laughs) Wayne Goleman is a New York giant who I learned about today when I... Saw that he was at the top of the the metrics ratings, so um, he's I, I don't know who he is honestly, but they've got him pegged for I've got him pegged for thirteen points by listening to the experts, um, and we did some research on him. The other names on this list: Jonathan Stewart, Frank Gore. Jonathan uh, Stewart still plays. Yes, and uh, because Tampa can't stop anything, and he's only thirty seven hundred on DraftKings, the metric loves him. Frank Gore is forty one hundred, so I personally won't use him, but the metric still says he'll get to three x. Um, Isaiah Crowell, I don't like that just because, you know, you don't know if it's going to be a Duke Johnson game or not. And uh, the last one is Marshawn Lynch it really likes, but I don't like starting anybody against Philadelphia, and I don't think they're going to use Lynch a lot. So that's where the metric goes. Personally, I'm loving me some Kareem Hunt this week. Loving it. Oh, really? Loving me Kareem Hunt. Um really big game last week and he helped me a great deal and i'm also loving mark ingram um just because i'm biased i'm biased in both of those two it's guys because they're my my horsemen what do you like a running back uh running back and FanDuel. i have melvin gordon because he's playing the jets <clears throat> that's fair and eckler's hurt he's playing the jets eckler's hurt um and my kind of my chalk play is kamara just because he's a constant double threat so we're both starting our favorite new orleans running backs there is a realistic chance that both in DFS and in our season long, it could come down to whichever one of those two guys has a big game. Yes. And we know someone will. What's that? One of them will. Yeah. Because they're playing at home. And if they both have big games, then you're in trouble because my running backs are super strong. Or, you know, they both get concussions. That's possible, too. Uh, yeah. If one of them goes down with a concussion, then forget it. That's we might as well hand over the trophy now. So, all right. Uh, wideouts. Who do you like? Um... I kind of, I kind of like. I mean, he hasn't really done a lot lately, but I kind of like Hill against Miami. 
Tyreek? Tyreek. Yeah, I kind of do too. Um, the problem with me with him is that he's expensive. He's sixty five hundred. Yeah, uh, Fanduel he's seventy four. I've got to pay for about fifteen points. So, yeah. you know, um, you can get away with that in Fanduel though. Two X's value on Fanduel will get you there. I'm also ha- I also like playing Cole since he's on Jacksonville playing San Francisco. He had a really big week last week. I think he's due for a letdown. Personally, I don't know. His, uh, his value is up to 4700 I've got him pegged for 12 points. Uh, and then Robert Woods. Big game. Because he's, he's playing Tennessee. 6500 on DraftKings, by the way. One of the top 10 costs this week. So, um, The metric has four guys it loves. It loves Eric Decker. You and I refuse to use Eric Decker, so no. No Eric Decker. Um, it likes Brandon LaFell. Something about that matchup. Yeah. It likes Brandon LaFell. Do not start any Bengals ever for yeah, the rest I'm of the season. I'm kind of with that, too. <laughs> it likes Kendall Wright. Every week, the metric tries to get me to start Kendall Wright. Every single week. I can't do it. I just I just can't. And then the last one is a guy I am considering using in certain situations, and that's Kenny Galladay. Who? Kenny Galladay, the uh, speedster from Detroit. So you got Golden Tate. Right. You got Marvin Jones Jr. Right. And then you've got Kenny Galladay, who streaks out of the backfield, catches one pass a game. For 80 yards. For, yeah, 75 yards and a touch. And all of a sudden, that guy's got, you know, what is that, 12 points, 12.5 points on one play. And don't underestimate, that's exactly what happened this week with O.J. Howard. Last week, I sat here and told you guys, O.J. Howard was the metrics value play at tight end. He was $3,000 on DraftKings. He caught one pass yep. for 30 yards and a touchdown. And in DraftKings, he was plus that? 10. All with right. a $3,000 salary, he was plus 10. Yes, friends, that's 3.3x. Then he limped off the field, and we never saw him again. That's not true. He came back for a couple more plays and then shook his head. I didn't care. that. Well, I mean, I care guy's hurt. I don't want to see him get hurt. But I didn't care that he didn't play anymore because he was at value. Caught one pass and he was at value. And that's what you, if you can get Kenny Galladay at 3,300, Kenny Galladay just needs to catch one bomb. And he's at value. That's it. That's it. So that's who they like. Uh, who am I using? I'm using Michael Thomas because uh, I've got him high rated this week. Uh, I'm using big game Bob Woods when I can. Uh, I've got Cole Beasley in a few lineups because mm-hmm. I think that Dallas is going to try and pass this week. I'm using Tyreek Hill uh, in my chief stack. I'm using Tyreek Hill and Albert Wilson. I'm probably going to change that, but that's where I'm at right now. And then um, I had to fit in somebody who was mid-range price, so I went with Larry Fitzgerald because... Hey, think, Larry, Mr. Fitz is consistent. And, and, and He is and consistent. Arizona's at home against the Giants. That no you one know? cares about anymore. <laughs> exactly. So that should be should be pretty straightforward there. So, all right. So there's our wide receiver, uh, tight end, tight end. Uh, just for, on Fanduel, just for to save money, I went with Bray. Cameron Bray is high in the metric. I've got him for ten points. All right. I mean, what? Do you, I mean, that's really all you can ask. What's his? Uh, what's his thing over there? What's his his cost? His cost is. What's it cost me to use uh, Cameron Bray? Uh, fifty one hundred. Fifty one. So again, that's two X. Again, I mean, that's different very, systems. That's very, but that's still plausible. With that's him. what you want. You you need at least two X on Fanduel. At least two X. Because don't forget, one hundred and fifty points is pretty much what you need to win on DraftKings and a double up. You need a hundred to one hundred and twenty five points. And don't forget that 
you guys get 60,000 on FanDuel. So if everybody gets a 2x, that's 120 points. Right. So that's right around where you want to be. Um, I And O.J. Howard is officially on IR, so there's that. So Cameron Brait is the great target there, and Carolina does give up points to tight ends. Um, but the metric loves, and I agree. <sighs> Brace yourself. Oh, guys, a Tyler Eifert. Eric Ebron. <laughs> really? I have Eric Ebron in my other league, and it, it was awful having him. He is awful, but he's awful good against bad him. defenses, <laughs> and they're at Cincinnati. Again, do you smell that stack? I've got Matt Stafford in one in one with Kenny yep. Galladay, with Eric Ebron. If you smell the stack, roll with the stack. So Yep, that's um, why I'm going with the Jacksonville stack, because I also I just, starting their defense. Fournette's gonna play too. I don't I just don't like I just don't trust Bortles. I can't trust Bortles. I know, but it's San Francisco. It's a good tournament play, I think. I think it's a good tournament play because it could be really, really big. So all right, so anyway, the uh metric loves Eric Ebron and Cameron Bray. I'm using Eric Ebron in certain situations. I'm using Jack Doyle in situations where I have a little bit of money, but more not enough, more than enough so I don't have to use Ebron, but not enough that I want to use my main man, Travis Kelsey. Miami, I think, is 31st in the league against tight ends. They might as well already give him like a guaranteed 15 points, in my opinion. Now, granted, I said this last week about Julio. Going into last Monday's game, Julio Jones averaged 123 yards a game against Tampa Bay, and he came up really small. Yeah. really really small he killed a lot of lineups so i'm saying i'm going with uh mr kelsey this week and i i've got him penciled in for 14 points um which is only 2x value but if you got the money to spend you got the money to spend so anyway all right defenses uh the metric wants you to use the titans against the rams no uh Why would okay I do if you don't that? like that the, why would i do that <laughs> Because they, they, they because the Titans are only twenty two hundred points twenty two hundred dollars, and uh, yeah, they're going to get seven the points. Rams. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, don't worry. The, the the metric has a backup plan for all right, you. All right. All right. Um, you could also use the Bills at New England. What? Six point one. Is the metric drunk? No. It's <laughs> they get six points, but they're only two thousand. If they get I, six points, they're three x. I. No, no, I'm just saying this is the logic behind it. I know. Don't forget, my predictions on defense are usually very wrong because I'm very conservative. Right. You know, teams that go like the what did the Ravens score this week? Like 23 points, 24 points. And I I think I had them pegged at like 17 and they were still the highest of the entire week. So, all right. So you don't like the Patriots. I got another backup plan. All right. Third, third string. Third option. Yep. How about the Falcons at New Orleans? No, you don't want that either no. because New Orleans is going to throw all over. Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, fourth string. How about the Bengals at home against Detroit? No. Nope, we don't want that either. Okay, hold on. I got, I got, so I got you. How about the Giants at Arizona? No. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the metric is drunk. The metric is drunk this week. All of these recommended plays are really, really risky one-sided, so I am not listening to the metric. I'm following my gut. I am using... The Lions and the Chiefs defenses. Okay. Because I think Chiefs Cincinnati, are playing Oakland, right? Chiefs are playing Miami. Miami, right. And right, I right, think right. if you can shut down Landry, you can shut down and the run. You got to, I mean, Kenyon Drake, I think, is going to do some damage, but I don't think they're going to do a lot of, I don't think it's going to be a lot of yardage. So, um, yes. Uh, the, just in case you were curious, the next option was Oakland at Philly. No. Or the Cowboys hosting Seattle. Don't no. like that either because if Russell Wilson can't pass, he just runs. Right. So I would say in defense, follow your gut. 
uh, when in doubt, start whoever's playing Cleveland, and that would be Chicago. So, yep. who do you like at uh, at uh, defense this week? Uh, this week, uh, I'm going with my kind of instinct slash stack. Uh, right. Jacksonville, San Francisco. You know, I mean, that's the problem with Jacksonville is in DK the 3900. So all those teams I listed you were between 2,000 and 2,500. So you're paying way up in terms right. of like defense. And that's why the metric doesn't like them. The right. metric has Jacksonville at uh, nine points and 3,700, which does not put them in the 3X range. Like the Bills would be at six points for 2,000. So that's why the, and this is sometimes you can go cheap at defense and sometimes you can't. This week, week 16, is not a week to go cheap at defense. No. Find a scoring defense and stick with it. And now it is time for me to bring a harsh truth to Craig. One of the <laughs> reasons you're going to lose this week to me Uh-oh. in the Stur- Sturgis Super Bowl okay. is that four weeks ago, I was trolling the waiver wire. And if we have any sort of like fairyland kind of like fun music, um, you should put it in over this now. If okay. we have it. If All we right. Have it. I'll look. And... I was looking and I was, you know, I've been streaming quarterbacks and defenses all year. I focused on running back and wide receiver and I'm really stacked in those two places. Yep. Tight end, I kind of just went with the flow. I had Kyle Rudolph for a while. I had Greg Olson for a while. I just kind of did what I could. Um, but defenses, and it said to me, I'm only one win from securing a playoff spot. I need a defense I can ride through the entire playoffs. Right. So I reached out with my feelings. <laughs> And I looked and I came across the Baltimore Ravens who played Cleveland in week 15 and now play Indianapolis in week 16. And it was like a moment of pure nirvana. <laughs> it was like, have you seen the video of the cat with lady puts the hat, the, the little little flower on its head and the no. cat has a transcendent moment? No. <laughs> Go on YouTube and search cat, tra- cat transcendence or the prophecy is true. And you will find that's what happened to me. I flew through time and space and just angels sang to me that I need to pick up the Ravens defense. So I blew the last like $18 of my fab budget on it. And I picked up the Ravens defense in the hopes that it would matter. I could just get into the playoffs. The Ravens put up a minus one against Pittsburgh (laughs) in week 14, but they were on my bench and then destroyed Cleveland for like 27 points last week. And now they are, they are, I think, projected for 24 points by CBS. This is why. If I win the league, because it will be because I stopped and I said, if I'm streaming, I need a streaming option that will work in both playoff weeks. I can't risk streaming two different defenses in the playoffs. Right. And the Ravens presented themselves as a gift from God. That's it. That's the end of my story. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's fair. I'm also starting That's Matt fair. Stafford be, this week against you. And you, so. you can thank me for being the one that dis- that said we should change our defensive scoring all those years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I mean, it was. Yeah. Our defense is just score like Two. five points. Yeah. Maybe. We didn't give any points for touchdowns. Nope. It was all turnovers <laughs> and sacks. That was it. Yep. Uh, was special it. teams touchdowns. And special teams touchdowns. And that was it. And then people were worried. You know, well, if we give them points for defensive touchdowns and block field goals and stuff, they're going to score like 30 points a week. And that was when Craig said, you know, I've seen leagues where they lose points for giving up too many yards or giving up too many points. Why don't we institute negative scores? And it does. It balances out. The average defense in our league scores between 10 and 15 points, which is what most Sometimes it's players. negative three. <laughs> Sometimes it's negative three. 
Um, I think that happened to Mario. Did Mario post that a did. negative? Yeah, that did not help his win or no, his didn't. loss last no, week. <laughs> you know, so anyway. All right. We are going to end early this week because Craig and I both have to go and argue some more off air about what we're going to do yep. in our respective fantasy Super Bowl. But we will be back next week for one more week of DFS. We probably won't be talking any season long next week, but it'll be mostly, if not entirely, DFS. Um, and we'll probably talk a little bit more pop culture because we'll have more time to talk pop culture now that the NFL is starting to wind down. That's I, true already. Oh I fast. went to see the disaster artist this week. So next week, we can talk about the disaster artist, Tommy Wiesau, and his glorious abomination, The Room. <laughs> which, if you have not seen The Room, go... Hey, man, like, like I said before the podcast, he's got his dream. Go rent a copy of The Room. Then go grab your girlfriend or boyfriend and go see The Disaster Artist. James Franco absolutely deserves an Oscar nomination for this. He was epically yep. amazing. Let's think about that. Fourteen and a half years ago, he, Tommy released the room. It was awful, and now it's being released like across the country. To put it in perspective, how awful this movie is—you've is never heard of it. He paid a movie theater to keep showing it for two weeks because it had to have a minimum of two weeks showing in a certain period to be eligible for Academy Award nomination. So he paid a theater saying, "You're going to lose money on this movie in terms of box office. So here's the money to rent out your theater and keep my movie running." Its opening weekend box office was eighteen hundred dollars. Yep, eighteen hundred dollars. Fourteen years ago. Fifteen years ago, he could not get anyone to cover it and didn't want just one logo going up. So he designed two different logos for his production company and showed them both in front of the film. It is it is absolutely the masterpiece of bad filmmaking and production. And now years later, it is a cult classic that has a movie about making the bad movie out and this movie that we saw yesterday disaster artist was epically amazing highly recommend it but you got to have seen the room to really appreciate it right right so in the week between we're gone go rent and see the room enjoy the games this weekend and then we will come back next week to discuss disaster artist week 17 and one of us will be gloating over a super bowl trophy in one of the oldest leagues that we know of in our state that's right um, brother so, yeah so will the nature boys win? Will the four horsemen of the run apocalypse win? We will let you know next week. In the meantime, have a great week. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is the football fig nuts podcast. Mm-hmm.